We welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Great morning, Sharp Beauty, Gary. Yeah, I know. Elijah. You, uh, you look like House of Pain right now. I love. Well, I was just say, Sharpie, <laughs> you ever you ever roll into a, a a gas station and freak somebody out? Uh, I have not yet today, but there. I'm in Idaho, by the way, so I oh, will nice. walk across the street to the gas station, dress like this to see if it is really true in Idaho. Which can you guys see that? Oh, what is oh, that? Wow. So it says uh, the, can- potatoes? the candy bar that makes Idaho famous. Is it is it chocolate or potatoes in there? What's going on in that thing? Um, it's called an Idaho spud, and it's yeah. in a package. It's got a lot of sugar in it. Okay. Is I, it a sweet potato? I think it is a candy bar posing as a potato. Huh. Mm. Yeah. See, it'd be a lot more of an Idaho move if it was just a single potato and plastic wrapping <laughs> that you could get. You can get. <laughs> it would be. That would be fantastic. My goodness. I, you probably also would not have a, a winning business formula there if you were just selling individually packaged yeah. potatoes. Yeah, that, that, that might be a little bit tough to uh, get over to the general public. Mm. How, how, potato. <laughs> how, how many yards does Talia Tugavailoa uh, throw for as a Nebraska starting quarterback next year, Gary. How many? Can I just ask a question about how him? many? Well, I, but I got to ask a question before I address that. How is he going to be eligible? Because the NCAA just like grants people no, no, fifty no. years of eligibility. This this one, man, I I don't know what the path is to him being eligible. This is a weird scenario. It's an appeal. It's an appeal on that that two plays he burned his red shirt on. But they're yeah. gonna they're gonna they're gonna go back and hammer Alabama's hey. management and and they're gonna plead and plead and plead. Well, I thought and, and correct me, Sharpie, is he has he looked at the NFL? Has he made an NFL declaration? Well, I thought it was when he first announced that he was gonna leave Maryland, it was the NFL or the portal, and we're all like how is he going to be eligible? I thought he's it was go, NFL. Yeah, he's going to go to the NFL. And then yesterday, and he could still go to the NFL. I mean, Cam Ward yeah. did the same thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's the NCAA, which, you know, is getting further and further away from any authority. They opened up the door with the double transfer. Now, if they allow something like this to happen, nobody will ever leave college. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to figure out, Naor, how is – how is Naor still have two years left? <laughs> Nobody wants to leave college. I thought it was just a me thing yeah. when I was in college. Now it's student athletes. Yeah. I thought my one extra semester was a lot. Now you got dudes that are 27 playing college football. But there is the unique circumstance with Talia uh, that may allow him to get another year, and that's that he has a millionaire older brother that can probably slip somebody some money. Mm. Probably helps. Big part of it. Yeah. But, but, but Mark, we are in the Dylan – Rayola era. I get do not it. even do not even think about it. He's your opening starter. Run with him. I don't know why people are hesitant to do that. I know that during the bowl season, I watched a couple of freshman quarterbacks. Yeah, they had their uh, issues here and there, but they're freshmen at Kansas State and Tennessee. Look at what it's doing for them in the offseason. They have hope at both of those places. Mm-hmm. I, no, he's your starting quarterback. I mean, the kid flew in from Atlanta to help recruit. For sure. For yeah. sure. And yeah. there's no doubt that he's that guy. I'm just yeah. saying for a year. 
you know, if if you're going to do it, you, of course, get permission from the Raiola family, which <laughs> that's a whole nother thing about that's a whole nother thing about the dynamics of coach and player and all that stuff in the college game. But it is what it is now. I mean, the quarterback's making, you know, he's making coach money now. Like, <laughs> this well, is different. I, I'm different. with Gary, though. That we've talked about it before. In the modern game of football from college, NFL, even some high school, whenever you've got a guy at quarterback, you either got to find out if, if he's a guy or not, I guess is the better yeah. way to put it. Yeah. If, if you think you have a guy, you find out right away whether it's a guy or not. And, and in college football and the NFL, the young quarterbacks – if you are a guy, you show something early. Now, this is, you know, we, we, we talk about Frazier because that's the last really freshman quarterback that came in and we went, wow. Now, you could say that a little bit with Adrian. I mean, I went back yesterday because we were yeah. talking about on my show and watched his first pass to J.D. Spielman. Remember that Colorado game in his yeah. freshman year? And you were like, whoa. But we've never, we've really never have had a star who, who leans into being and playing that role like Dylan. I mean, I look mm-hmm. at him the other night at the basketball game. First of all, he's sitting next to the athletic director. He hasn't, he hasn't even walked across campus yet. He's sitting next to the athletic director. Everybody knows who he is. He might be more recognizable to the average Nebraska fan out of uniform than, let's say, Ty Robinson. So we've never had somebody like this that is peer recruiting as aggressively as he is, that is a true star. Now, there's the other part of, we get out of the, we get out of this we get all this out of the way and now we got to go play football. But I don't know, guys, man. I I I don't I don't want to get to expectations yet because I want to see him in the college game with it sped up. But in terms of just turning the keys over to him, I'm perfectly fine with that. I should be better at it because of of the pedigree and the care level, right? Um you're still scared about the growing pains if you're kind of a rational, rational, reasonable college football fan, because it just doesn't go well for freshmen. Yeah. So this is what, so I've heard you and Elijah talk about this a lot and, and I stick with this. Dylan could be incredible. He could be middling. He could not work out, but in his first year, this isn't about Dylan Raiola, in my opinion. It is about the 10 on the field around him. Yes. It is exactly. their job at Nebraska, and we are seeing that this weekend is to make the 10 around the quarterback better so it's you take more off of DR's plate. And if you're able to do that, man, you have a chance to have some early success and so that you can grow into the role, and then you can figure out what everybody's strength is. But – I know what I got with DR. I need to know what I got with the other 10 around him. And are they all making a jump? Either they're coming back as a starter or you've upgraded that position, whether maybe you found wide receiver one last night, or you definitely are about to find out if you have running back one. That's fair. Gary Sharp with this weekend edition, Hail Varsity Radio. The Iron Horse is in, and he's actually in uh, Idaho. Idaho and Falls, Idaho. How is yeah. it? Pretty is neat. It awesome. Um, you know what? It's a very unique area. It's beautiful. It yeah. is. Uh, they, you know, they've got some got some snow, um, but mm. it's. Uh, I've I've never been to this part, this side of Idaho. I've been over on the other side where Washington State and Idaho is, but it's a, a very lovely state. Mm. I hear mm. that. 
You're going to do some elk hunting later? Is that? Uh, hey, we're 108 miles from the uh, from one of the entrances to Yellowstone, so maybe. Hmm. Oh, cool. With your sure. bare hands? That's the way to do it. These hands have killed people before. That <laughs> <laughs> he said it with a twinkle in his eye. He said it with a twinkle in his eye and his, and, and his, and his skull cap on. With that hat, I believe it. Yeah, you do. You look like you've. He's you've wearing a murdering hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sharpie's got his murdering hat on, and the crawl spaces are not safe. To the message boards we go. Yeah, yeah that's, wow. Message that's board mad, right? I love that's that. That's your quote, man. That is your message. quote. That's your email signature quote. That's all of it. It's perfect. Hey, can so, I ask you guys a question? Sure. sure man. <laughs> did did is Nebraska searching for wide receiver one? or just a supplement to an interesting young wide receiver room? Uh, And I've seen that before, Gary, wide receiver one. And I also had the same thought as you. I think they're just looking for a steadying veteran force. And if you can get two steadying veteran forces, better than one. but I think that wide receiver one is not the right term to be using with either Nair or Banks. I think – I guess it, it, we're talking reliability here. I, they're looking for a guy that, you know what, when third down rolls around and you need a guy to make a play and get open, you're looking for that guy that you know is the veteran that will in that big time moment be able to step up. That's what I think Nebraska is looking for. I don't necessarily think either of Nayor or Banks are the guys that's going to lead the team in receiving next year, but they could be the guy that leads the team in receptions, if you get what I'm saying. Hmm. Well, you bring up a good point, Elijah, and, and I'm kind of with you. But, I mean, we so the, I think there's going to be, as we have a developing young quarterback, you're going to get the 50-50 balls. We know what great wide receivers look like. Not everybody is Penix who throws rainmakers and throws darts 50 yards down the field. Yeah. But he has a plethora of wide receivers that take those 50-50 balls, and then all of a sudden it's 95-5. Yep. So the big-bodied wide receiver – is important for Nebraska to make sure those Dylan 50-50 balls become 75-25. I'm with you, Elijah. Here's the other interesting discussion about the wide receiver room. And there's a lot of intrigue of Jalen Lloyd, Coleman. What we don't know about Dawson Bell, but everybody is like, hello, watch these two guys. And then don't sleep on Keelan Smith is that wide receiver room is, is it a good or bad thing and this is on the heels of what Elijah just said about reception and yards. If Nebraska for the fourth straight year has a portal wide receiver lead them in wide receiving, it's wide it's receiving not a, yards. That is, it, it, it's not a, a bad thing because that is turning into the the new normal. You're going to go supplement where you can, and if you hit right, uh, it can it can be an instant um, set of of. Uh, uh, juice to your offense. So, no, you, you you want to ideally recruit high school and develop that way. I totally get it. But in the instance where you've got young kids coming along still, and I think we can say that <clears throat> Nebraska's freshman wideouts contributed at a high level. The reason the passing game wasn't on point last year wasn't because of the wide receivers all the time. I mean, it was – it was more so quarterback play and, and 
the ability to complete some balls that way. So I think the wideouts played well and made some impactful plays as a freshman last year. Now, they, you go get it where and how you can get it, whether that's portal or you've got some uh, faster developing wide receivers. But you use that bridge option every chance you get, in my opinion, where you don't upset the room, but you sell it as an enhancement. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see that. Here's one thing we don't know about the wide receivers. And this has a lot to do with the guys that are returning. What does a better quarterback do to them? Like a, like a quarterback that can throw guys open, a quarterback that throws a good ball. Um, you know, the route running has to be a little bit more precise in year number two of these young freshmen. But we don't know. Here's the intriguing thing about Nebraska offensively and what they're doing this weekend with the pieces they could add is what does a good, hard downhill running back do for the quarterback? What does it do for the offensive line? What does it do for the wide receivers? You know, what does what does a good quarterback do for a Malachi Coleman? Schmidt and Elijah, because you guys do high school games in Lincoln, you saw this firsthand. Junior year, Malachi Coleman had a Division I college quarterback throwing him the football, right? No Walters. And that's when Malachi took off, and we went, whoa. At Lincoln East, they had good quarterback play in Malachi's senior year, but it was not Noah Walters. Malachi was kind of a distant memory. Last year, not great quarterback play. Malachi was not always not always the guy. I'm curious on him with a good quarterback, what that does for him. That wide receiver room with just quarterback play that can complete a simple pitch and catch and can throw you open um, or hit you downfield when you are open because he sees you, what does that do for that room? That's why I do like the blend of some of the younger guys that are going to make a jump and then some of the older guys that have caught a lot of footballs in the game of college football. But I think we have to factor in the wide receiver discussion with quarterbacks that can just play simple pitch and catch what that does to a wide receiver. Because we might go, man, that guy was that guy might have been a bust last year. And all of a sudden, he shows up this year, and you're like, whoa, look at that development. And I say, it's probably always been there. A lot of it has to do with the trigger man. Gary, let's, uh, let's pose a question to you then. If you could only have one, What's more important for, for a young quarterback? Is it solid wide receivers that you can rely upon, or is it a solid running game that you can turn to and take pressure off the quarterback? What's more important for that young quarterback? Run the football, baby. Mm-hmm. 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 I guess that leads me to, to my follow-up question. What do you think of Dowdell? I, I think he's ideal for Nebraska. I, I think you could have a – you know, now remember, I had a love affair with Kawan Lacey. That's a huge loss. That's a huge pickup for Mizzou because he was going to be a three-down guy. Nebraska hasn't necessarily had a three-down guy or they haven't committed to a three-down guy in a while. I see a guy that is on campus as a three-down guy, and I think that would be a world of world of help to a young quarterback and an offensive line that is going, did you guys not look at our numbers last year? I mean, it, it just it all kind of goes hand in hand. But I but the running game, if you have a hammering running back that is consistently moving the pile and getting downfield and can stay on the field, I'll take that every day in the in, in the Big Ten. Gary Sharp with us on uh, the Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. And now we, when we compare whether or not it's the – or when we decide whether or not it's the quarterback or the receiver, like it's sort of chicken or the end, right? Like 
Yeah. What would have helped? What would have helped Malachi last year? Was it was it that Harburg and crew couldn't get it to him, or was it that Malachi just needs to do some development? I'm, I think I'm with you because I think he's proven that he can be that guy that can catch a ball. You know, I think he's a and you look at his body type and all that. I I don't know that he's the number one. I don't know that the that Nayer is going to be the number one. I don't know if you have a number one. I, I don't know if you're going to yeah. have a number one with somebody like Rayola coming in because I think you are going to be run heavy. And I just don't think you just don't have that can't miss guy in, except for maybe Banks. I think if Banks comes, that sort of changes things because he's proven he's huge. He could be that dude. Well, let's okay. So let's don't use wide receiver one. Elijah made a good point earlier, and and I agree with you, Mark. Is let's then go. What does a big bodied wide receiver do for the other guys? Because look at last year. If if Nebraska had that big bodied wide receiver, let's say Xavier Betts stays in the program and he yeah. becomes that guy, what kind of an impact does it have on a guy like Billy Kemp? Billy Kemp. Was not going. Billy Kemp shouldn't have been wide receiver one. Technically, he turned out to be that way. So, so let's go. This. What does a big-bodied wide receiver on the outside do for the rest of the room? A a, a, a established big-bodied wide receiver. I mean, it really, just opens things. What if you think about the guy on the outside from a football sense? If you have a big-bodied wide receiver that is a matchup nightmare for quarterbacks cornerbacks let's make sure i enunciate there corner yeah the safety's always got to be watching for the deep ball and it can open up a half of the field it can open up a, a seam shot for you it just opens up a lot for the defense whenever a safety knows you know what in a one-on-one situation this wide receiver as gary said 70 30 chance to come down with this football safety's got to keep an eye out the defense has to keep an eye out where is this big body wide receiver and a guy like oh hey say jalen lloyd can get lost a guy like a tight end can get lost over the middle of the football field. It just opens things up whenever the defense and the, the safety specifically have to look at a guy that's a big body wide receiver and say, we can't let that guy have a one-on-one jump ball. Yep. Yeah. You really don't, though. It, it is interesting, though. As you think back over the last several years, you usually could point to a guy that was the guy. That was the number one yeah. guy. It's really difficult to do that right now. I, I think it could have been Marcus Washington if he came back. He declared for the draft. We'll see how that goes for him. And I think that kind of speaks to how confident they were in him getting an, an additional year, um, you know, because he probably would have been that dude. But as you sit here right now, I don't even know if there's a candidate. Well, okay, I, I, so, right? so I, I think, okay, let's, so let's look at this the way from that room. Um, <laughs> do they have, l- let me, let me ask you guys, do you think they have a true home run hitter? I think they got a couple. We just don't know the consistency part from quarterback play. To your to your point earlier, well, define about, what you mean by that. What is it? What's a home run hitter? What do you mean, Jalen Lloyd? Yes. I, okay. Okay. Now let me go back to what you just brought up, Marcus Washington, because I, I think maybe I, I'm liking this conversation about let's don't focus on wide receiver run one, but let's focus on playing roles. So you have your big bodied wide receiver. You have your home run hitter. Does Nebraska have a possession wide receiver? Like if you needed eight yards, Marcus Washington was probably going to be your guy because he yeah, was a good right. possession wide receiver to move the sticks. Does Nebraska have somebody either in the fold or on the hook 
that fits that role that Marcus kind of had in his two years at Nebraska. Let's talk long-term vision. I think that role in the Husker offense is supposed to be the tight end room. Maybe you have that in Fedoni. Maybe you have that in Carter Nelson, a guy that I look at third and five from the the five-yard line, goal to go. You're going to that tight end on a jump ball. You're looking for the tight end before you're looking for a guy like Coleman or Lloyd. You're looking for that big body tight end that can be a possession guy as opposed to a guy out wide. That That's kind of how I see the long-term vision of the offense. Does Nebraska have that next year? I don't know. But I think the long-term vision is to have that be a Fedoni or a Nelson or an insert tight end name here. Who's the last possession guy Nebraska's had? Stanley Morgan. Would you call him a possession yeah, guy? Scott, Scott brought up Stanley Morgan. Stanley Morgan – I, 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 you know, That's as fair. his career gets further away from Nebraska, I, I, man, don't you have more of an appreciation of what a nice combo Morgan and Spielman were? Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. And you tried to get it with uh, Canavai Noah. He was somewhat. Yeah. You know, but but you're right. It, it really was. It was Morgan who kind of took that mantle from Westerkamp. So you had, you know, you had a couple guys multiple years in a row that played that that role for Nebraska again yeah I don't know if Nebraska has that guy they don't have they don't have the they don't have the clear number one and they don't necessarily have the possession guy so it could be by committee think think about when Ramir comes back too mm -hmm. I know he's not a receiver but I'm just saying in terms of just like that security blanket for a quarterback check down pretty good for Rayola now I will you I this staff I mean they they identified, they get here and they go, okay, where do we need to fix things? They've got 11 scholarships committed to wide receivers. And you look at the number of scholarships they've had committed in the last couple of years. So they know that's a position of need. One, because that room was a little bit out of whack of older guys and a big gap between young and old. But they know that, they, that they're, they're going to build that room to find the right guys. That's why the discussion about Naor and, you know, he didn't, he, 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 of course, had the injury. If you go back and watch his Wyoming film, I mean, he was dynamic in the Mountain West. The thing about Texas is Sarkeesian doesn't play a lot of wide receivers. Yes, he got hurt. Um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to watch him play because if he's healthy, I think we know what he can be. But I think anybody that has had that kind of an injury, when you've been at the height of your, your profession – and you have one of those injuries, I think his biggest thing will be the mental part, mm-hmm. getting back on the field in a consistent basis. But I like how they're trying to build the wide receiver room is because they're, they're playing themselves into options. You know, if you look at – they're not willy-nilly throw darts out there in terms of the portal. They're, like, very selective. Nebraska needs linebackers. Okay, let's just don't throw out a ton of offers. Mm-hmm. Let's go and get guys that would – seamlessly transition to a three, three, five, or we need to add some, you know, gray beard wide receivers. Here's who we want. I I appreciate that approach, but I like how they're doing the wide receiver room because I think when it's all said and done, we get to spring. I think we're going to like the variety of guys in that room. And now Mm -hmm. it'll be on them to prove it. And then how they work with a quarterback or running back and the tight ends as well. Well, Gary, let's this, talk about that build here for a second. Sorry, Shmi, not to step on your toes here, but to, to zoom out just a little bit, you look at the the transfer portal recruiting visitor weekend. If Nebraska goes four for four, getting Thompson, the linebacker from Syracuse, getting Banks, getting Naor, getting Dowdell, does Nebraska have that vision that they have in mind for next year? 
done? Are, are they going to be done in the portal with those guys, specifically the three on offense? But I'll, I'll throw Thompson in as, as a linebacker too, because you assume he's going to be the guy that probably steps in for depth next year. A little less sure on that side of the ball, but specifically with the offense, is Nebraska done if they can get those three in Dowdell, Banks, and they are? Uh, I would think they're pretty close to being done. You know, you have a roster crunch, which they're going to figure out. I'm not, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. They've got plenty of time and, and they'll figure it out. I mean, we all want that veteran quarterback that's coming in that wants to compete, but knows that he's in there to mentor a quarterback room. I mean, maybe that is in the second go around of the portal. I think their approach in the, since the portal has opened and I may be off, it shows you that they like the spot they're in and they know with a tweak here or there that they're not only a bowl team, but they could add a couple of wins on top of that. I, I think mm. I think the way last year went kind of ramped up of, hey, we're further along than we think. We just need to add X, Y, Z. And if we do with what we have and we've been able to retain guys, man, we're – we're going to get off to a good start. I, I really think we're going to see a unique spring, guys, because on one side of the ball, there's really no teaching. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the defense I, the defense is going to cause some problems for a young quarterback in spring ball because they know what they're doing. They're, they're older guys over there. I, 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 I just think their approach is we like what we have, and we just need a, an addition here or there at certain spots. And for guys to make that jump in year two that we think they will, that we could have this humming if, if, if things fall in line. This is pretty interesting. I mean, we're used to, in the wide receiver room, things not panning out. I mean, if you look at the last few years at Nebraska or massive numbers of, of attrition. I mean, guys just leaving the program after a year. You didn't have anyone to work with or develop because no one stuck around. Not only do you have this young core group of kids that contribute as true freshmen, you're able to get get a guy like Nayor, a Marcus Washington. So it's it's a different vibe uh, with that side of the ball. And yeah, Nebraska is is tweaking. That's a good way to put it, Sharpie. I want to get your thought on timeline timeline with these rumored changes or additions the quarterback coach are we are we thinking after february i mean is that as soon as it can be i mean and then has it gotten any wilder uh up on your end from some of the names you're hearing potentially about this quarterback coach no i i i think i think nebraska's staff Watch the next couple of weeks. So there's a couple of key dates coming up. The team reports back on January 14th. School starts January 22nd. But January 20th, Nebraska has a big junior day. So if you're going to have guys at certain positions, you want them in place. So they're meeting guys that they're going to be all in on recruiting. Um, and I think I, you know, rules a grinder, man. I, mm-hmm. I they don't they don't take a lot of time off. Um so I, I think any any staff additions or reorganization he wants in place uh, sooner than later. So I, I think over the next few weeks, if there's changes, you're going to see them. Now, we all know once Sunday is over tomorrow, uh, then it's it's, you know, black black Monday in the NFL. 
There's going to be some coaches lose their jobs. There's going to be some assistants that are going to move around. There's going to be some assistants that their season is going to be over. So maybe they're going to be looking. I think also another thing to keep in mind is, and this doesn't necessarily affect Nebraska, there are still a lot of new college coaches that haven't completed their staffs. So I think around the college game, because they have their convention coming up, um, you're going to see some – like over the next three weeks, I think you'll see some changes with with coaches around the country. Um, again, it doesn't necessarily affect Nebraska. Um, so the, 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 the chairs are not done moving. But I think for Nebraska's case, I think in the next few weeks, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then they'll move forward. Because January 14th, guys are back, and I know they are going to be very, very aggressive to get guys going right away because – they not only return a lot of veterans, the other thing is they return a lot. They are bringing in a lot of early enrollees. And so they don't want to mess around. They don't want to be like, hey, all right, here's how. No, they want to get going right away. There's a reason why spring football got pushed back a little bit because they want to have a nice lead in with winter conditioning so that when they begin spring ball, guys, isn't like an introductory. When they begin spring ball and go through 15 practices, they want essentially to be those to be the first 15 of fall ball. If you mm. get what I'm saying, it's a way mm. to go. Mm. Uh, let's he, let's hit hoops here before we let you get out Sharpie. And we touched on it with Brandon Vogel uh, a little bit before uh, the, uh, the eight o'clock hour. So Nebraska basketball, are you a, are you a believer right yes. now with, yes. with where they're at and yes. they're, they're a tournament team? Yes. Um, Okay, so they got so I did the math. So I, I think to be comfortable, they got to get to 20, but there is a certain group that they've got to win. Here's why they're different. And and I don't think you can argue that they're they're at least the fifth or sixth best team in the Big Ten. Um, you know, Purdue and Illinois are in a category of their own. Where Nebraska's playing today, I think Wisconsin's the third best team, and that's gonna be a difficult game. Um, this year, this team is different. And it took a while for for Hoiberg to figure this out because Less Cam Max, less Teddy Allens, more Sam Greasels, Derek Walkers, Josiah Alex. And he finally found the right recipe is they play well as a team. You know, they have talent, yes, but they're, the pieces fit together better. And I also don't think this, because if I'm saying they got to go 10 and 10 in the Big Ten, you're like, wow, that's nine more losses. Well, they don't strike me as the team that's going to just all of a sudden fall off the map because if that was going to happen with this team, wouldn't it have happened after Minnesota? Yeah. It would have, but, because that would have been very probably. easy to do, but I think they're, they're mature enough in an older team that they're not going to ride the roller coaster, but I, I, I I'm, I'm all in. I mean, I think this is a team that is, has the feel of an NCAA team. They're starting to play like that. They're not playing like as an underdog and whoa, we're pulling off upsets. I mean, guys, they're 18 and five in the last 23, and a yeah. good majority of those games are Big Ten games. Mm-hmm. We're talking Nebraska mm-hmm. basketball. So, yeah. you know, the next the next couple of games are going to challenge them because today in Madison, and then the huge game Tuesday night, and then they go to Iowa City. Uh, if we check back in the first of February and Nebraska is trending in the right direction, bring that team to Omaha in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Oh, amen, hey, amen. Can you imagine? And then maybe getting their first NCAA win. Now, Wisconsin's the only team left in the Big Ten that's undefeated in conference play. And this is only with, you know, everybody's only played two or three games. They're the only one left. 
It has a, yeah, I, it has a I, loss. I think, though, I think last night you saw the two best teams in this conference. Mm. I mean, mm. Purdue really didn't – Purdue didn't have a lot of Edie, and they still were able to hold off Illinois. Um, but I, but Nebraska and, and, and Purdue is way up here and Nebraska is, you know, down a little bit further, but I, I don't think, are you guys, if, if I say Nebraska is the fifth or sixth best team in the big 10 right now, are you guys going, nah, I don't sneeze at that because it it's about their entire roster. I think the role definition has been uh, as good as there is in the big 10. You've got guys and teams that are more talented, but Nebraska has a lot of options and guys mm-hmm. that are really good at what they do. And yeah, very, that's, that's showing up. They're very, he, here's the one thing that also leads me to believe that Fred has found the right recipe with this group of players is they're very unselfish. CJ yeah. Wilcher has grown up yeah. and CJ was huge before his, his back flared up on uh, Wednesday night. Last year, CJ Wilcher isn't getting a lot of minutes C.J. Wilcher is pouting. Hmm. C.J. Wilcher isn't playing a lot of minutes, but it seems like they're key minutes, and he's very happy with his role. I think Fred has more ownership in the program. I think when Abdel Massey left, Fred took over the program. And so Fred is a better communicator on, guys, this is what your role is. This is all I'm asking you. Josiah Alec, you don't need to score, but if you have more floor burns than you have points, that's what we need. Yep. And mm-hmm. now Tominaga, who it's great to have the parents there. And he got on a PBA heater the other night, but Tominaga got out of his feelings. And he also started to play basketball away from the ball where he created opportunities for himself. And if he's over that hump and he's going to do that back to what we've seen him last year, I mean, they got a lot of things trending in the right direction, but they're going to, they're going to hit the, they're going to hit a little rough patch. It's how they deal with it. Um, and I, I think today is a good sign because everybody's patting them on the back after IU. And then people are saying, IU is not very good. I'm telling you, Wisconsin's really good. I think this will be a great game today at Cole, at, at, the, at the Cole Center. Yeah. Nebraska's got some X factors that are, that are unique that they, they, they just haven't had um, too often well, over the last several years. Rink, Rink Mast is a – there's not a lot of players like him, period, mm-hmm. like anywhere in basketball, right? Somebody that's that big, that can dish – that can also get yeah. down low, that can shoot with both hands. And then Gary, Gary might be one of your more talented players. And, yes. and the dude, I mean, he just gets <laughs> hey, after it. We, you know what? That's crazy about the other night is Nebraska wins that game. And they were in game control the majority of the night. Is I think Jawan Gary is kind of like that glue guy, that X factor yeah. on this team. We didn't even really talk about him. So I think that's another thing about Fred's development of the roster yeah. is – what you said about Mark about Mast is there's so many guys that complement each other. Yeah. Like Tominaga and Mast work well together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 I like how the pieces have fit together and how Fred has managed it, but they're sitting at 12 and two. I mean, they haven't really, they had a hiccup in the second half against Minnesota and they made up for it when they went to Manhattan. I mean, basically you get eight more W's. You're probably dancing. Yeah, I, I said I said twenty, but yep. they but they have to be in that quad one, you know, top fifty to sixty. You're going to have to pull off a couple of big, noteworthy victories. Their strength of schedule is an issue. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to pull off those like noteworthy victories. So you're not in a tension convention when you go to Minneapolis in March. Yeah, 
No, they're uh, they're fun to watch. They are all in with one another, which is nice. Yeah. You nailed this, the yeah. selfishness part. There's, yeah, I know there's you're not. Scooty, I know you're a big body language guy. You are spot on. Watch guys on the sidelines. It is not the days of Cam Mack and Teddy Allen where it's one and then eleven, where it's you know one guy does everything. They like each other, and I think I, I, I you know in the grind of a college basketball season that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, by the way, fourteenth in the NET rankings, and Creighton thirteen. Just to give you an idea of their kind of relative position. Purdue second. Yeah, you so can't, you got you got you got two of the top fifteen that you're playing next two games. Yep, and 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 hey, Wisconsin's probably better than we thought they were going to be. I mean, I thought, man, Greg Gard's going to be in trouble, and they have been good. And you know, uh, it will we'll see uh, what Chucky does today. Remember last time Chucky faced Nebraska. Remember that game at PBA? That was kind of that was that was along that hot stretch at the end of last year. But great challenge for Nebraska today. And then, guys, just imagine if if they are able to pull it off, even if they're able to pull it off or not. Tuesday night is probably one of the biggest games that Hoiberg will coach at Nebraska. Hmm. It is number one. Last year, you felt like you beat Purdue. You got screwed at the end of regulation. Couldn't get it done in overtime. It's setting up pretty well for Nebraska. Do you go hack attack on on Edie and just hack attack? Joe, Alec, Joe, Alec, Gary, Mast, just rotate them in and just you know put the. Well, I I think I think you have you have more options this year to do that, especially with Alec. Here's one thing, guys. Don't you think another role that Alec's going to have to play is Tomanaga's enforcer? On my show yesterday, I used it as the the hockey analogy. Like Indiana beat up Tomanaga. Okay, they beat him up. And, you know, there was stuff away from the ball. It's almost like Alec is going to have to be that goon guy on a hockey team that's got to go out and protect your centerman. Like you just tap him on the back of the shoulder and you go, you know what to do. And the next thing you know, he's squaring up at center ice against the guy that took a run at Tomonaga. Yeah, that's that's a that's well done. That's that's a, that's a great example of the well and and you know what? Alec in the post game kind of was the the ambassador for for Tomanaga and I mean this respectfully but he was mm-hmm. on on a bit of a heater himself about all the superlatives that Tomanaga brings to the party so it was really fun to hear uh, Alec talk about flamethrowers and four-wheelers right I mean yeah. it was it was pretty good but no he'll he'll need to embrace that role as the protector i mean every team's had it oakley and jordan back in the day right (laughs) before he got traded to new york hey isn't another thing about this team and we've all followed nebraska basketball and and uh mark schmitty and myself elijah we we were we were we grew up with the golden era man we were around when when carl hayes clifford scales jamar johnson rich king bo reed pietkowski Derek chandler vincent hamilton they were going to the ncaa tournament um They were easy on the eyes. The last few years, Nebraska basketball hasn't been easy on the eyes. And it's been a tough watch, but it's a fan base that is so dang loyal that just wants that one, that one. This year's team is enjoyable. They they play hard. They play defense. Defense won that game for them Wednesday night. Defense will have to be the reason why they win today. I'm making a prediction. Now, the enforcer, of course, I think that's a, a, I think he is. Jawan Gary is going to get in a scuffle this year. You just watch. He gets under the other team's skin like no no one else, and he like he likes to get in people's ears and bark a little bit. 
you watch. There will be a big moment where there will be an absolute scuffle. He might get ejected. I don't know. But that dude is uh, – he's playing with a – it's not just a chip on his shoulder. Like, he, it's palpable. He's a dog. When, when you go watch – yeah, you yeah. go watch him play in person. Like, he is ready to throw down. Um, so, we'll see. I, that's my prediction. Sport center esque Sport center esque just like <laughs> tirade. We'll, we'll see. It should be noted, Gary, you listed off some great Husker basketball names. Not my era. My era was Alec Marks, Lance Jeter, Seth Henry, mm. Cookie Miller. Good era of Husker basketball as well. It's, it's Cookie not, not Danny Miller. It's a great name. I, I, I'm still more loyal to Cookie Belcher. Same. Oh, yeah. By the way, is Nebraska basketball the only program ever that's had two cookies play for? <laughs> I was going to say, I've never met anybody named Cookie, and Nebraska somehow has two <laughs> to play hoops. Like, what? How does that happen? I, 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 I know. It's pretty good. I know, yeah. right. Well, and, and the, the other Cookie I know of is Magic Johnson's wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. didn't realize that. But th- those are the only, and then there's Cookie Monster. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> the most famous cookie of all time. Right. Right. And, and really uh, all those years, the Kambi Matumbo doing his voice, you know, so <laughs> it's wonderful. Sharpie will let you uh, get uh, to uh, to breakfast and enjoy Idaho, man. Yeah. Oh, look balls, at that. This guy Paige Turner. Wait, 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 Gary, though, before we get you out. No. Do you have a prediction for Monday night between Washington and Michigan? Oh, good call. Uh, me- Michigan, because I, I like the, the team that has better defense. Mm. Sure. Okay. Do you, so yeah. you still believe defense wins championships? Yes. Okay. Then you heard it here first. You heard it here first. We hey, but, hey, hey, look at when we all go to Indianapolis in July, we're going to be celebrating a national champion. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I can see past or, or future. If Michigan gets a lead, they're just going to be able to sit on the clock. Like that's what they're going to try to do. Washington's going to have a tough time stopping their run game, I think. However, Penix is a little bit of an equalizer to where you're just like, you might be able to hit some. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be good. Sharpie, for uh, for entertainment purposes only, uh, how do you lean with the four and a half points? Uh, I, Michigan covers. Yeah, touchdown or better. Just a, just a touchdown. Okay. I, I, I hope it's a great, great game. It's uh you know, exciting. It's great for college football. And uh, then we can be sad on Tuesday because it'll be about 32 Saturdays before we play football again. Yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll count it but, down. But as we know, college football doesn't take a break. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, God bless it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. Sharpie, be good. We'll talk to you next Saturday, but appreciate you much. Hey, thanks, guys, as always. Appreciate it.